0: Hello everybody and welcome to episode 330 of the Ask the Coach Show where Pink Seals answers your table tennis questions. I'm Jeff Plum and as always I'm joined by Super Coach Aloys Rosario. Welcome Aloys. Ah,
1: thanks Jeff, and uh, yes, and a big hello to everyone out there still in a lockdown situation here in Melbourne, but um, yes. yeah, but I think uh, yeah we'll be here for a little while. But again, hope that everyone out there is staying safe.
0: Yes, stay safe indeed. Yeah, we're going to be here for a while. I think we've been in the strict lockdown with the curfew, eight o'clock curfew for just over a week now. So hopefully those numbers are going to start coming down, Alois.
1: Yes, and the the poor people in New Zealand. Did you hear that? I mean they 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 were they were COVID free for a hundred and two days. I know. Uh, They've got some cases now, so yes. yeah, it's hard to know when to let up, isn't it? but anyway let's um let's just hope that uh, a vaccine's developed soon, although Russia say they've got one.
0: Okay, yeah, let's hope it would be it would be good it would be good now, Alois, the other yes. day, I was walking down a street, and I ran into this Mexican, and he was a bit distressed, and someone had just stolen his car. And I'm yep. like, oh, that's no good. I'm like, I'm, so- I'm like, oh, sorry, what's your name? And he's like, Carlos.
1: Is there a punchline?
0: <laughs> he had his car stolen.
1: Yeah, it's just not good. You need, you need, you need to go to your son and get a better <laughs> joke.
0: Could you, could you right, please well,
1: remember for next time?
0: All right, I'll, I'll hit him up next time and get a proper joke.
1: Thanks. That'd be good.
0: Is that not funny, Carlos? Ah, mm. oh, come on!
1: Yeah,
0: a... All right, well, all right, well, let's lift the show up, Alois. What happened on Can't this day? Can't go further down. <laughs> what happened on this day then?
1: Oh, good, good question, Jeff. Um, I'll have to find it. That's right. Um, it's thirteenth uh, of August is yeah. Lee, Lee Sang Soo's birthday. The uh, the Korean player Lee Sang Soo. Mm-hmm. Um, he is thirty years old today. Gosh, I remember when he was really young and just up and coming. There you go. Um so I guess his his highlight is uh, you know Asian games getting a bronze medal in the in the men's singles. um that's that's pretty tough uh, in these days. Because you're uh, you're up against all the best Chinese and Japanese players in the world, so so that was 2018. He got a bronze medal at the Asian Games, um, World Championships as well. He's um, he's he got the bronze medal in 2017 um, in the singles and wow. uh, bronze in the teams, bronze in the doubles. Um, so yeah, he's he's been thereabouts. Never cracked it for the big one though. He's one of those really reliable players. You know, right hand shake hand player. Um, is uh is really powerful but uh but really safe game too so yeah lee sang su 30 years old today
0: there you go happy birthday lee sang su very good very good all right well joke (laughs) carlos um okay uh now in this time, alloys, when we're all locked down, some of us can feel like it's dragging on and there's no fun in anything, you know. Do you have a tip uh, or drill of the week for people?
1: I'm glad you remembered it this week, Jeff, the tip and drill of the week, because it's, <laughs> it's one of the highlights of the show. Um, I am on the ball this week. Yeah, you are, you are. Um, yeah, so tip and drill of the week uh, this week is, well, I, I guess it's all tied in. It's, it really is keep training fun. Um, it's really important that while you're training, that you're enjoying what you're doing. You know, have something um, in mind. Make sure you've got a real aim uh, to your training. So, you know, before your training session, work out what you're doing, but don't be too hard on yourself, you know. Um, I often see players in training and they're really, you know, going mad at themselves because they're not getting every single ball on the table. Um, Really do need to ease up um, on ourselves a lot uh, with your training, make sure you have fun. Make sure you you incorporate some fun drills in there. Things that you enjoy doing. Um, you know, if you like playing some loop to loop, yeah. If you like um, playing games, make sure you you put that into your training session. Because the the most important thing is that you want to turn up again tomorrow or next week at at your training session. If if you've got this really bad memory of your training session then, you know, it just makes it harder to get out of bed. It makes it harder to uh, to to walk down to the training hall. So, yeah, make sure that the first thing you do is incorporate a little bit of fun into your training. Make sure you're enjoying what you're doing.
0: Yeah, great tip, great tip. And I guess there's a balance somewhere there, isn't there? Because you, if you have everything just fun, are you ever going to improve? But then if you... Having no fun, you're just going to give up. So I guess there's a balance. Yeah, I, but I, I think, you
1: know, fun, fun also incorporates learning. You know, people enjoy learning. People enjoy improving. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think that's, you know, that's all part of it. Um, you certainly, you know, won't enjoy if you're um, not improving. So I think, you know, the fun and the, and the focus on skills will all happen um, together.
0: Yeah, and just kind of related to this, um, if you're like a coach and you're coaching some new people and maybe especially kids, but I don't think it is especially kids actually, when you first start, yeah, I think that fun aspect's probably even more critical at that juncture. Would you agree or not? Yeah, d-
1: definitely. I mean, you probably see it when you're coaching the, your um Aussie Rules footy teams as well, Jeff, because you work with some really young players there. I mm. mean, they they don't... They don't turn up there, you know, to um, to to get told off or to, you know, be ground into the ground. They come because they want to be with their friends. They want to play. They want to enjoy playing the game. So um, I think we just need to always try to remember that and incorporate that whether you're on the um, player side or whether you're on the coach side as well.
0: Yeah, and it was something you said is that you, you're still learning when you're having fun. Like, that's part of it. And I think maybe sometimes... If people are too focused on some technical detail, they don't realise that even if kids are just having fun, they're still learning, they're still improving.
1: Yeah, certainly can.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: So, so that's, my, that's my tip and drill of the week. I do like the trill of the week, but Jeff doesn't like the word <laughs> trill. But anyway. It well.
0: sounds like a musical note or something. Trill. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Trill of the week. Yeah.
1: It probably so, isn't. Yeah,
0: so, yeah, yeah, probably is. Yeah, <laughs> um, us being so everybody? musical. Yeah, I know we are so musical. Look at me, I am. I am one of the most musical people in the world.
1: Oh, people, people might not know, but Jeff is actually a reasonable uh, guitar player. Um, <laughs> when it comes to singing, forget it. But
0: tone, tone deaf, I think, is the the word that's been used a lot. Or, it has or been banded around a
1: bit. Yep, but uh, but yeah, no, he's pretty handy on the guitar. I'm I'm sure his I'm sure his family will attest to that. They uh, they love uh, when
0: Jeff uh, pulls out the guitar. <laughs> oh dear, uh, it's too funny, alloys Too funny. Uh, I I think
1: I'm I'm not just sure
0: band. Sorry. I'm not sure if I'm banned from bringing the guitar out. I don't think it's that literal, but it, it definitely It's like, oh, no, here's the guitar again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yes. Gorgeous. All right. Well, we should get into some questions, Alice. Indeed. Um, and first up is a question from Thomas. And he says, hi, coach. My favourite tip from you is holding the bat in the last two fingers, freeing up the wrist. He said he found it easy to learn on the forehand but a bit tough on the backhand. And then as he played around some more, he figured that the best way to do it was have just this slight change in grip from backhand to forehand. And he said he's not facing 100-mile-an-hour returns, but he doesn't remember you mentioning that pivot in the grip video. So do you have any thoughts on that, Alois?
1: Yes, yeah. Um, Thomas, you yeah, a really, really good point and really uh, astute um, observations there. So we do talk about um, just thinking about uh, holding the, the bat more, utilizing your uh, little finger and your ring finger more than your thumb and pointer. I think a lot of the time we, we focus on the thumb and pointer finger because they're really prominent up on the bat there. But in reality, those two fingers are only there just to hold the bat in place a little bit and give you a little bit more stability. So most of the control happens with those, uh, with the little in the ring finger there. Um, so with that in place, you can start to just alter slightly the, um, rotation of the bat in your hand. So we talk about the forehand grip and we talk about the backhand grip. Um, it's hard to explain, um, on uh, what audio, but, um, We do have a video about this. So you can just rotate the forehand slightly towards your thumb and that gives you more of a forehand grip. Uh, Rotate it slightly towards your um, pointer finger and that's more of a backhand grip. So what Tom's talking about is you can actually just have that slight variation in your grip um, to just help you to, to, uh, to play both the forehand and the backhand in our initial grip video and and initially with uh, beginners we do emphasize trying to keep a really central grip because i think when you're when you're starting off there's enough to think about um and if you start to uh, play around too much with the um the grip angle changing then it can throw out the learning of the actual basic strokes so so initially i recommend keeping that grip really central. But as you start to get comfortable with the strokes, uh, there is that ability to just utilize the um, little finger and ring finger just to start to rotate the bat in your hand slightly. So, um, yeah. yeah, we'll um, we'll link to some uh, videos on there. And uh, we might even have to make another one about that, Jeff.
0: Yeah, we may have to. Yeah, great, great point there, Thomas. And, yeah, like Alice said, it's good that you're thinking about these things and, and experimenting and, and trying different things, um, and it is really just a small little change, isn't it, Aloys? You don't want it to be um, a big change because otherwise you might get caught out with the wrong grip.
1: Yeah, time time is uh, is the real essence there. So, you know, if you if you if um, you're on a tennis court, for example, you know you can change your grip uh, quite markedly between your forehand and backhand because you've just got a bit more time to to do that in table tennis. Um, when your time is is really cut down, if you start changing that grip in your hand too much, you're really going to get caught out. So, um, yeah, so it just needs to be very small, um, subtle changes.
0: Yeah, excellent. All right, well, thanks for that, Thomas. Um, next question is from Darren, and he says he started using a shot that he's called the volley. Now, it's not a volley like we would know because that would end the point, but he said... He plays the ball straight after it's bouncing, and it's basically a block. And he says he can return the ball quickly and catch his opponent off guard, and he he does play it with a loose grip. And he wants to know what your thoughts are on this one, Alice?
1: Yeah, so uh, yeah we, we actually call that the half volley, Darren. Um, because the volley we call uh, if you hit the ball before it bounces, so the half volley is uh, as you're describing, um, that you're taking the ball just after it bounces on your side of the table. Um, really good uh, tactic, if you can. Again, it's about time, though. So if you've got enough time to meet that ball really early off the table, then you're cutting down your opponent's time as well. Um, the other issue you've got to think about when you're playing that half volley is it's quite difficult to get the timing right on that ball uh, because the ball's still moving quite fast and it's changing direction from down into the table and then coming back up again, so um, you don't have as much time to read the flight of the ball um, as it's coming up. Um, I, I, I almost re- always remember Eric Lind was one of my favourite players from Sweden who used to play that half volley so well and just take the ball really early off the bounce on on both sides, especially on his um, on his forehand side, but. Um,
0: yeah, yeah, now he was a bit more your generation than mine because people might not know this because you look so good, Alois, but you're actually older than <laughs> me. <laughs> I, who'd believe that, right? I know. Yeah. Um, but this seemed to be like, Eric Lynn seemed to be like um one of the first people to do this because from what I can remember, that generation, there was like all about the topspin, um, like maybe from a step back or maybe it was just different styles, but he was like, right up to the table wasn't it like you had Eric Lind and then you had on the opposite side Applegren who would stand back and play from much further back
1: yes yeah so Applegren used to yeah go right back and uh do what we call fishing you know so right back from the table and just uh almost like a low um, lob um topspin uh a uh, type of stroke from back there, yeah. Whereas Eric Lind yeah, just didn't give you any time. He used to, um, he'd be standing on the table, almost if you was allowed to. Or <laughs> and was he, he one he of the could.
0: first to sort of
1: bring that style to the forefront? Yeah, he really was. Yep. So, um, I mean, he was he was around the same time as um, as Waldner and um, yeah, Applegren and Jorgen Persson. So um, yeah, strong strong um, time. And but that's the thing that really um, made him stand out compared to the rest of the players um, in his team, but also in the world.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, um, yeah, so we do have um, we do have a video on how to counter like a spinny top spin where we give some different options. Um, and one of those is sort of taking it off the bounce um, and one of them is taking it more of as a block. So both sort of those half-volley options, but different styles of that half-volley.
1: Yes, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, have, have a look at that video and that'll um, – That'll give you a bit of a, an insight into uh, how to do that um stroke, yep.
0: yeah, and excellent, and I love alloys, how these uh, how the pink skillers here are you know trying different things and and trying to analyse what works well, and it's good to see Darren's noticing that you know when he takes it early he can catch that opponent off guard. so starting to develop all those different tactics that they can use in a game.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Good work, Darren.
0: Yeah, nice. All right. Now here is another interesting question from, Um, Shariah, who wants to know, how do I get a ball to roll on the table to help him win points? Don't we all want to know this?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Shariah, I think, um, the first thing is, um, is get out there and do about 10 years of, of training. Um, it, it, (laughs) it it is, it's a really, it's an amazing stroke when you can pull it off. But what Shariah is talking about is, hitting the ball around the net so that and then um, getting the ball to basically roll on your opponent's side rather than bouncing at all. So to do that, you have to hit the ball at the perfect height. Um, You have to hit the ball basically at table height and uh, you usually have to hit it with a bit of side spin as well to get it around the net um, and then land it on the table perfectly. Um, You don't really see that ball roll very often at all. You know, there's usually a little bit of a bounce that happens. Um, so if you can, uh, perfect that roller on the table, well, good luck, but, um, it's, <laughs> yeah. and it's, and it's certainly not something that you go out and you would, you know, spend, um, uh, you know, half an hour during a training session on, or even, you know, half an hour in a week, um, on, because it's just not a stroke that you get the opportunity to play that often. You know, you're much better off just trying to, um, to, to, Develop your general strokes. That sort of stroke just tends to happen, you know, because you've just developed enough touch and feel um, for the ball um, yeah. after enough time. And well, then, like you
0: said, you just don't get the opportunity, do you? Like, at the first of all, you've got to get out wide, and yeah, a lot of things have got to go right for you to get the right angle to be able to make that shot in the first place.
1: Exactly. Um, yeah, we do. We've got it. We've got a video about doing the around the net forehand. So um, have a look at that one, and we'll put a link to that for you. That was a fun video
0: to film, wasn't it? I actually posted that to Facebook just the other day. There you go.
1: Yeah, it is mm. It is fun. I mean, yeah, doing that sort of thing is fun, and, you know, we talked about keeping um, keeping your training fun. So that's something that, you know, throw it in there every now and then if you enjoy doing it. But, yeah, don't, don't expect to get the opportunity to do around the net um, every match.
0: Indeed, indeed. All right, thanks for that question, Sharia. All right, next up is one from Alois who says, oh, it's not from Alois.
1: <laughs> no, that's me. That's You're Jeff. You. I'm Aloys.
0: on the ball. Yeah. This one is from Jasper, who says, hi, Aloys. Okay, um, that's good. Why did advi- you say hi, Jeff? <laughs> yeah. What advice do you have for blockers against different types of styles?
1: Yeah, So, um, so a blocker basically is a player that doesn't, Tend to use too much topspin um, and tends to utilize the pace of uh, the attacking player. So, the first thing for a blocker is that you want to have a fairly open type of game. So, the um, first thing you'd think about when you're serving is try to serve fairly long, you know, try and invite um, your opponent to make a slow or weaker type of topspin ball because that's the type of ball that you're going to enjoy. Um, think about the placement of the ball is one of the really main things. So you really try to um, utilize the placement on the table to out position your opponent. And then the other um, key thing that you can work on is also just varying the pace of your block. So um, I see a lot of blockers tend to just, you know, um, you just you're utilizing the pace of your opponent but you're just giving them the same pace back that's ideal for an attacker they love uh, when the ball's coming consistently and to the same length for them all the time so as a blocker start to think about uh, playing a little bit softer a little bit faster with uh, with your block so that you're really starting to throw the attacking player off balance uh, when they're playing mm. um, yeah. and uh, and I guess the other thing to to think about is just make sure you don't give the attacking player an easy attack so you know yes you do want um, that type of rally where they're top spinning and you're blocking but you certainly don't want to just give them a simple serve that they can really tee off on and and hit strongly to you because then um, then you're going to be really on the defensive you're going to be cut down for time um, and your options are going to be uh, decreased so um, yeah, so a few things there. Um, yeah. One is yeah. Oh, yeah, go. Yeah, keep it Keep it open, keep the rally quite open, but I want you to utilise your placement and also the speed of your blocking uh, to throw the attacking player off, off guard and don't give them an easy attack.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. And, and I guess they're kind of related, aren't they? Because the more you bury that placement and the speed then the harder it is for them to, to make that attack because they're going to be a bit off balance.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 Throwing, throwing them off balance, giving them less time to adjust. Now,
0: now, we mentioned Eric Lynn before. Now, if someone is a blocker and they want to watch someone, who should they Google?
1: Oh, that's a really good question.
0: Um, I mean... Is there... Because the one that comes to mind is like a really old one because I don't know if there's any um, newer ones that are that sort of blocking style, but there was like... Desmond Douglas definitely comes to yeah, mind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, but then I don't know, what would you call um, uh, uh, the Swedish guy that made the final of the world?
1: Um, yeah, uh, Falk. Yeah. yeah. Falk. Yeah. 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 His backhand's pretty good, though.
0: He's, it is pretty he, good. It's he, different style, the... though, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Slightly different. I mean, Just the short pimples, didn't he, as well?
1: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Waldner at his best blocked unbelievably as well you know he'd almost mm-hmm. he, he would invite the attack and he'd just um utilize the pace of the attacker push them all around the table um you know vary what he's doing he'd even block with a little bit of um, side spin sometimes to really throw throw you off so yeah there's there's lots there's lots that you can do but yeah Waldner I mean no, you, you could look at Waldner for blocking you could look at him for <laughs> forehand attacking you could look at him for serving um just watch Waldner.
0: <laughs> there you go. That's the tip. Just watch Waldner. Exactly. <laughs> I like it. Very good. All right. Thanks for the question, Jasper. All right. And last up is one from Joseph, who says, is it allowed or am I allowed to bounce the ball on the table several times before I serve?
1: Yes. Yeah, so this that's a that's a little bit of a tricky one, Joseph. Um because
0: the- so, he, he kind of, in his question, he also mentioned that some players do it in order to disturb the receiver.
1: Yeah. Now, if you're, I mean, if you do it persistently and for a long time and, um, you know, you, you, you're you just really trying to uh, throw the receiver off, then, yeah, that's not really allowed. And the umpire will pull you up, you know, if you, if you're taking too long with that. But a lot of players utilize that as part of their pre-point routine. You know, they might bounce the ball on the table, you know, two or three times um, before they serve. Um, and that's that's quite acceptable. It's just a, a little bit of a, a routine that uh, gets the the, um, the server focused and um, and what they're doing. And, and, you know, really it also gives the receiver a little bit of time just to get themselves into position. If they're bouncing the ball on the table 50 times, then... Uh, the umpire will do something about it, or you know, you should, you can, you can just uh, question your uh, opponent if you're playing at a local league level um, if they're if they're taking too long. But um, yeah, in general, it is allowed, uh, but not if you're taking too long.
0: Yeah, in interesting. Now, if um, you know tennis is pretty popular here in Australia, and Djokovic <laughs> from a tennis point is renowned, especially when he, the match gets tight. For like bouncing the ball like twenty times in a row before he serves, and mm-hmm. and it often gets commented on, and I think it it seems like it's a little bit frowned upon even in tennis, although there they've got that like strict time frame that they need to um, work within before they start to serve.
1: Yeah, it, I, I'm not sure. It, I, I'm not uh, that clear on the tennis rule. It, do they? Ha- does he have to actually? hit the ball in that timeline or is it start the serving process as in bouncing the ball? From
0: my understanding, I think it's actually start the serving process, so throw it up. Because I've seen some players, like, they throw the serve up and then they catch it and go, sorry, but then that they don't have to go and quickly serve it again. I think that starting of the serve gets them out of it, which seems like a bit of a loophole, because if you're struggling, just throw it up and, (laughs) oh, sorry. (laughs) Because unlike table tennis, that's that's not a fault. Whereas in table tennis, once you throw it up, yeah. The ball's in play.
1: Exactly. Yeah, so yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. But, I mean, most players don't push that boundary too much. Um, yeah. And in table tennis, I mean, the rule in table tennis says something like, you know, play has to be continuous, you know, but they do allow those, um, those few seconds before you serve or before you receive to, to just get yourself organised and, um, you know, gather your thoughts
0: and it really like from what i've seen it doesn't seem to be a problem very often in table tennis most of the time the matches seem to progress pretty quickly and and it's not generally a problem
1: yeah it's it's something that they it seems that they've been a little bit more focused on um, in the last few years you know just really trying to force players to play a little bit uh, quicker i'm i'm a little bit torn there because sometimes you know when there is that theatre of of a big match those yeah. extra seconds when the tension's building um, it really holds your attention you know as long as as long as the match is interesting you know if it's if it's ten ten two and and they're taking that long <laughs> in between points then yeah you, you you don't want it to happen but um you know if the crowd's going wild and there's good atmosphere in the in the stadium and things, I think you know that little bit of extra time adds to it too and you know if you have a look at tennis for example um that you were talking about i mean they've got uh, is it 25 seconds now between i
0: think um, so yeah
1: between points uh, <clears throat> there's you know that that's a long time and and again once when when the crowd is is into the match you know that really doesn't uh seem to be all that long
0: so yeah i'm a little bit torn and their matches go for hours and people think it's great and it's epic so this yep. is why we need to bring back games to 21. <laughs> oh, you're not on that hobby horse again. <laughs> bring oh. back games to 21. Make it a bit more, of, you know, a bit more of a marathon. It's not a sprint. Uh,
1: I, I on, almost, almost want you to start another joke.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Well, um, instead of a joke, Aloys. Yes. thank you for that question, Joseph, it, has, it is time for OMG Facts. Oh it is It is indeed and my first one. Mount Olympus on Mars is the highest mountain in the solar system. It is fourteen miles high and three hundred eighty eight miles wide that's That's a good fact do Absolutely. I need to check Do I need
1: to check that one I feel like I feel like they that that's going to be correct you know because that's just a scientific fact and of it's course it's correct
0: to, you know. it's just in my it's in my calendar and it says omg facts it says it right here f a c t s facts, facts.
1: Oh, right. okay I I, I I won't question that one
0: mm-hmm. and black pepper was once so valuable that it was used as currency really black pepper absolutely absolutely
1: oh, i just sprinkle it on my eggs quite profusely now
0: Yes. And Jennifer Sharp holds the record for the most Girl Scout cookies ever sold with 17,328 boxes totaling $14,000 in 2008.
1: She did eight. That's ridiculous.
0: How many? She sold 17,328 boxes.
1: 17,300. That's quite a lot of cookies, really.
0: (laughs) That is a lot of cookies to sell in one year. It's uh, an yeah, interesting fact, but not, mm.
1: yeah. I, I don't think it needs to make you OMG facts. I think, uh, are they getting to the end of the year and they're starting to struggle a bit?
0: <laughs> no, no, it's not the end of the year. No. Oh. What do you mean, starting to struggle? I've got two more for you. You ready? Okay. Yep. Go. The average size of an American diamond engagement ring is 0.8 carats. Now, if I knew anything about diamonds, I'd know whether that's good or bad, but I've got no idea. I... Alice, <laughs> I was thinking the same
1: thing. Um, maybe you ask your wife and just uh che- check how many carats her uh, engagement ring is. <laughs>
0: okay, is that good or bad? Should I be pleased or dissatisfied? <laughs> I don't know. Let it if you know, tell us is 0.8 is that too small or is that too large? <laughs> or like. Do you do you
1: need do you need any carrots in in an engagement <laughs> ring? Like, should you just be saving that for your house?
0: <laughs> maybe, maybe. It's all a marketing ploy, apparently. It is diamonds. Why are they invaluable? Just a marketing ploy, apparently.
1: Exactly. Like gold. Gold's going berserk.
0: There you go. Is it? There you go. Yeah. <laughs>
1: 2000 dollars a ounce or something.
0: Okay, good, good. Go Go. $200,
1: $2,000, $2, I don't know. No idea, but it's going berserk anyway.
0: Yeah, we should turn this into like a financial advice um, <laughs> podcast. That would be good. Uh, no. <laughs> All right, here's the last one. Yep. OMG fact. The term brain freeze was invented by 7-Eleven to explain the pain one feels when drinking a Slurpee too fast.
1: Brain freeze invented by 7-Eleven, no.
0: When you drink a Slurpee too fast?
1: No. OMG like, fact. No. What about what about ice cream when you eat an ice cream too fast?
0: Yeah, people have adopted it because of the because of
1: 7-Eleven. I'm I'm gonna I I'm gonna look that one up. Who invented who invented I'm gonna write it down. Who invented <laughs> brain freeze? Right, there you go. yeah, I uh, uh, yeah. See, I, uh, I really think that that Omg calendar's starting to struggle in <laughs> August. They've still uh, got a few months to go.
0: Yes, yeah, I know exactly. Do Thank they do God. they
1: come up with new ones next year for two thousand and twenty one?
0: That's a great question. Or just reprint the calendar. I mean, they're so good. Why wouldn't you just reprint it? And with everyone's memories, by the time you got back to next <laughs> year, you'd be like, "Oh, is that true? I've never heard that before." <laughs>
1: So do they give you one a day?
0: Is that what happens? Yeah, one a day. Yeah. One a day. That's fantastic. Yes. Oh. It is, isn't it? Just one fact every day. Is so good. Everyone should get one. Sure. Get an OMG fact calendar.
1: <laughs> we we need a we need a ping
0: skills omg facts. Ooh, that is a good idea. <laughs> that is a good idea. We and we should get people to send in the OMG facts for every day of the year.
1: There you go. We just need how many? 365. <laughs> it's oh, a lot, isn't it? This year we need one more, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. Leap year.
1: Leap year. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. So, folks out
1: there, if you've got, you got some real OMG facts, not like, you know, who, where, where did this brain freeze? It's like 7-Eleven. <laughs> um, we don't want marketing stuff. Uh, just send them in, would you?
0: Absolutely. Let's hear them. That sounds great. That sounds great. All you, right. Can, well, can you,
1: them, a, can you give them your phone number so they can phone you and uh, and tell them to you?
0: Yeah. And then uh, I can, we can have a good conversation about some of these other facts. That sounds great. <laughs> I need someone who will listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Jeff. Oh, dear. All right. Well, everybody, thanks for listening. Make sure you visit pingskills.com because um, all this great stuff's on there. All our podcasts, all our videos. Great order. You can ask the coach questions, which then get used in the show. Make sure you visit pingskills.com. Exactly. So thanks for listening. And, of course, thank you, Alloys. Thanks, Jeff. And, you know, like
1: during the week we thought about um, something new that we were going to add to the show and we've forgotten it, but we're we're going to remember it by the next show. So stay tuned. It's going to be good.
0: Whatever it is, it'll be great.
1: Yeah, it was something to do with, you know, something
0: something to do with something
1: yeah it was definitely something to do with something but believe me if you you miss show 331 you're going to be missing out so just get on it
0: (laughs) absolutely all right thanks everyone catch you next time